Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome. Uh, this is following on County Cricketer. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, we've been watching a little bit of cricket, but uh, international cricket. Well, I say we, myself, John Norman, uh, George DeBell, Steve Harmison. And of course, we're also joined by Nick Friend, Nick Friend and George, both uh, writers for Cricketer. And uh, hopefully you would have been listening to myself and Harmy at the uh, end of every day's play in the Ashes, uh, where George has popped up on occasion as well. Uh, looking back at all that, uh, in the meantime, there's been well, there's been so much other cricket being played. I've been watching some of it through the slits in my fingers as Surrey seems to be going through a bit of a mid-season explosion or implosion. Uh, but uh, thankfully, there are other aspects of the game to talk about. Um, really, guys, I think there's only one place to start before we get uh, tucked into the last round of county championship matches, and uh, before we start looking ahead to the uh, T20 quarterfinals obviously the game is still ablaze in regard to uh johnny bairstow the stumping and all that uh from a county championship perspective nick there was a similar situation wasn't there that took place earlier this year involving the west indies captain shay hope and he was given not out on the field of play after doing something quite similar so can you explain to the listeners exactly why he was allowed to remain at the crease and Johnny Bairstow was sent on his way. Well, he was given a nod out, uh, but then but then Carl Flower, I believe it was, I think, the, the Sussex batting coach, was pretty scathing about that decision after play. I, I think the general vibe was it was given not out because the because the two umpires in the field got it wrong. I thought it was far... And in fact, if you watch that clip as well, you can see that the Sussex players talked about it and discussed it and knew it was, knew it was a plan and knew that hope was leaving his ground because actually, as the ball hit the stumps... All the slip court and the bowl with the keeper are all watching it happen and are all celebrating immediately as if it was very much a pre-planned thing. So there's nothing wrong with it. It was that was that I don't that wasn't the end of the over. I think it might be the first ball went over. And I suspect the only reason that there's any kind of controversy around the Bearstone instant is that because it was the last ball of the over, people wonder whether yeah, the ball was quite clearly not dead. Carey takes it and throws it immediately in one motion. Yeah, I think the only burning potential for some people is whether the over had been called, but if the over had not been called, which the umpire said was not, or it would not have gone upstairs to the third umpire in the first place, then actually you've got a complete non-issue here where you've got the, the laws of the game correctly interpreted by wicketkeeper, umpires, fielding captain, and perhaps the only person in both cases who, who've got it wrong is shy open on John and Johnny Burst. If the ball's live, don't leave your ground. It's a pretty simple sport, isn't it? Uh, it is pretty simple. Actually, no, what we're talking about, it's not a simple sport at all. It's very, very convoluted <laughs> and... and uh, 
and very, very difficult for people uh, to get on board with. But yeah, okay. well, we're not going to talk about Bearstow anymore. Let's talk about uh, county cricket. And uh, I might be biased, but you were there. Seems to me that might be slightly biased. Uh, Surrey losing to Lancashire. You were there, Nick. I must admit. I think I spoke a couple of weeks ago. I was saying, like, or I don't know if it was on or off air. I might have been speaking to George saying, Surrey seemed to be getting themselves into tricky situations and then somehow getting out of it and then blasting opponents aside. If they carry on doing that, they're going to come a cropper. And then they got themselves yeah. into exactly that kind of situation. And then they once again batted their way out of it with uh, a hundred run partnership for the 10th wicket, Sean Abbott and Dan Worrell. And I thought, we're doing it again. It's ridiculous. Lancashire then were then four down early, but well, they were sort of they were sort of beat their own game, way, did it? Yeah, they were sort of beat their own game in a sense. And that they were Lancashire to them what they've done to, as you say, both what they've done to Lancashire in the first innings, but also what they do to a lot of teams where sort of lower order runs come to rescue. I think it was Will Will Williams, Lancashire tail ender normally, who was night watching at number five or six, I think it was, and he. Against the Kookaburra, they got the older in some pretty nice batting conditions um, with the ball doing very little. He was just able to bat, really. He got to 60-odd, which was his first career 50. And he took Lancashire into what it meant that Sire would need 210-ish to win. And, and yeah, as you say, you know, they, there have been a fair few instances this season where that very high-class top order actually hasn't got the runs it probably should have done. And whereas in the first things they were bailed out by by the Abbott-Worrell uh, combination, they weren't second time round. And they are bundled out for 84. I mean, they were... It was much easier to bat, I would say, when Lancashire batted on the third afternoon than it was on the third evening and the fourth morning. A bit of drizzle in the air, quite overcast, lights on, Cookbar doing all sorts. But really, sorry, that last innings didn't bat for long enough to benefit from how flat the game goes once Cookbar gets soft. And Lancashire took full advantage. Tom Bailey, Will Williams were, were fantastic. And, and yeah, I mean, sorry, would probably help. I thought the Warwickshire lost as well, so actually, doesn't do much of the title race um, if there is a race at this point. So I probably need to lose again, don't they, before it's before it's really, you know, before it's close. But but Langshire are the only team to beat Sire in the last two years. They've obviously got, you know, they've obviously worked worked out our methods. Um and yeah, I mean, it was I think quite a good reminder that that there are a lot of very good teams in the championship as much as it feels like a bit as like a bit of a recession. Um you say that the count the uh, the Warwickshire losing um mm. meant that uh you know it didn't Essex have granted moved above them, yeah. If that's what well, exactly. <laughs> I saw Alice, I saw Sir Alistair Cook at Edgbaston. I was sitting near him for much of the game actually, and we were talking a bit about the county game, and uh I was telling him how Gareth Batty had, had earmarked Essex's mm. Surrey's main title challenges at the start of the season to me, and at Cookie said, Well, yeah, if it wasn't for rain we would have beaten Surrey as well. Um, yeah. And they, uh, they they put in a performance, didn't they? Dan Lawrence, who, of course, is heading to Surrey at the end of the year. Tom Wesley, both putting on 100s. And uh, a bit of a bit of a rollicking win for Essex over you, over a team that you're familiar with, George DeBell, Warwickshire. Yeah, uh, I think maybe it showed how much they uh, are reliant on Sam Hain, because that was the big thing for them, wasn't it? <laughs> that they didn't have him there. But... It showed that uh, what a good side Essex were, and it was sort of old-fashioned cricket. Maybe it was exactly what the sort of cricket you want when you introduce the Cookerbra ball. I'm not a massive fan of the Cookerbra, but you know it was old-school attritional cricket. Set a big score and then bowl a team out twice. Uh, that's kind of what you want people to do at Test level. Well, it it was until the current sort of incarnation of Test cricket in England. So yeah, so good win for Essex. Uh, Warwickshire uh, dropping points, though. I think they do have a game in hand over Surrey, though. There was uh, results throughout Division 1. 
Uh, Hampshire beat him Middlesex by an innings in 61 runs. And uh, Liam Dawson, maybe maybe he had a little point to prove, Harvey. You know, overlooked for a, for a call-up to the England squad. Uh, Rayan Ahmed joining up with the squad, of course. Uh, so he decides to weigh in with 141 <laughs> with the bat. And when it comes to bowl, he takes six for 40 uh, in the first innings and six for 90 in the second. Yeah, he did. He looks as though he's had a, a game of his... Uh... Game of his recent time. To be fair, Keezy, uh, Rob Key does like Liam Dawson. I think there's a lot of love for Liam Dawson in that England setup. I just think you know England down in the series, they've gone for they've gone for Rian Ahmed because England now even more so and I have to gamble. So I was surprised to see his name not in the uh, not in the squad for Henley. Um, but Liam Dawson had a great week. Hampshire again. There were some big victories last week. I'll be interested about whether. People talked about it with the Kookaburra Bowl because there was a lot of churn last week. Possibly you had something to do with it being dry for, for quite a while. But when you, you look at it, Hampshire won by an innings, Kent won by an innings, you know, Somerset won by nearly 400 runs. And Lancashire, you, you just talked about beating, beating Surrey by 125 runs. It's some big results in that, in that first division. Um, it'll be interesting to see if it was the Kookaburra Bowl that had a, a little bit of effect because there was a lot of runs scored as well. It's interesting, like just the results and guys did, as you say, spin played a part in a couple of games. I think Alex Russell took six as well for, for North Ants in that kind of feat. Um, but I would say I heard very, very few people say anything good or positive about the Kookaburra in that week. I mean, particularly grounds where it was wet or, or where there was a bit, where there was, um, yeah, particularly grounds where there was a bit of rain around. The ball went very soft. I spoke to someone who was 12th manning and it did two games and he came onto fields was stationed at mid-off, hadn't been involved in the game at all. Ball was hit to him. And he said it was like like, like picking up an orange. Well, I, I can't help notice that English players in recent years are moaning about the ball a lot. A lot. They, they moan because the Dukes is going soft because it's or it's not doing as much as it used to. Or they're moaning that Cookerbrand doesn't do anything. And I couldn't help noticing in the test match that Mitchell Stark swung the ball around corners. They actually moved it both ways. I noticed that Patrick Cummins got the ball to bounce. And it didn't seem that soft when he was bowling with it. And the, the, the culture, I'm afraid, seems to have become to complain about the ball. Whenever it doesn't do exactly what you want it, whenever it doesn't go to the boundary and you're caught on the boundary, whenever it doesn't move, whenever you can't bowl with the pace that you need to, it's the ball's full. And I think actually that there, there may be something in there that the culture needs to change because I've heard a lot of moaning about the ball and I keep noticing the opposition sides do more with it. It's interesting. I mean, I, what, what do you think? So, what do you think? What, what, the, the players I spoke to about, I wouldn't say they're moaning about it. I would say that they, these players have effectively been given two rounds of a. I wouldn't. It's not a trial, is it? It's they, they, they're, they're making they're, they're making observations about differences between the two. You know, guys saying that you can wallop a ball at mid on, or five you know five yards wide at mid on, fifty five overs into an innings last week, and normally normally have guaranteed four, and on this occasion have mid on. Jog to, his, jog to his left five yards and beat the ball up and have no run. So there was obviously, I don't know if it was the rain, I don't know if it was, say, you know, how tired perhaps some, some pitches are at the moment. Certainly that Hampshire pitch was, you know, a tired service, a service as much as anything. I mean, it was spinning on day one, it was quite a big toss. Hampshire got, you know, either Hampshire or what would have won regardless, purely just some of the quality of the two sides, really. But, but what do we want? We, what do we want? We, well, no, we moan when the pitches. We moan when the pitches. No, that's, that's, not, that's, that's, not, that's not a pitch issue. I didn't think there was a. I don't think either side thought there was a problem with the pitch at the AGS. I'm just talking in terms of how that game played out, and certainly how, you know, I think what 
Josh DeCares at seven for I think he probably more probably bought more overs in in that innings than he had done his professional career. Liam Dawson twelve match. And on Dawson, Dawson's a really interesting one because it's always felt like he's been very good. But it's also six years since he was last really around the England side. So as much as we might say, oh, this 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 regime don't want him, or obviously don't fancy whatever, they're obviously not the only regime. And it's not like England have had a settled spinner since since he played in India in twenty or since he played in twenty seventeen, is it? So you see what I mean? It's an interesting one with him. He's because he's always done that. And I don't think it, I don't think he needed a twelve for a hundred against Middlesex to to justify anything twenty one. Just find it, I've always just found it interesting with him because he's obviously you know. He, David India didn't he? he played he's played at home against South Africa. I think it was he out was he Joe Root's pick, all right, and say at the start of his captaincy for that South Africa series we, at home? He certainly played under Bayliss, and they said they made a point of saying that he was the number one spinner. Yeah. Because there was so that, that whole thing about Moen not Alley, wanting yeah. to be the number one because he would perform better when yeah. he was number two. And I remember Leah Dawson saying, Well, if I'm number one spinner, yeah. we're in real trouble. Uh, not realising that that was exactly what Bayliss had said about him. Mm. But I, I, I can sort of... Look, I mean, think he's, like, uh, he's, he's had an odd career, hasn't he? Because I think he's got two World Cup winners' medals. Well, he was part of Because he's always been there or thereabouts. Yeah, he was in Australia, wasn't he? much game time. He was in Australia yeah. over the winter with the, with the T20 World Cup as well. And so you obviously like him, but I, I've always found it interesting that for a guy who was obviously so close and has on, been on the periphery for a long time, in an area where England are not very strong, to have not played a test in five, six years... Yeah, that doesn't just speak to McCullum Stokes. That's that's speaking to to Bayless and Cook and Bayless and Roots and Edward and Chris Silverwood. And that's that's a lot of you know coaches and captains to go through, a lot of think tanks to go through without getting picked. See what I mean? I can sort of see it though, can't you? I, 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 for what it's worth, I would have picked him this week, but uh, he, he's obviously a really really good cricketer in every way. You can rely on him. By all accounts, he's a good fella. Uh, I'm not absolutely sure what his weapons are with the ball. Do you know what I mean? Holding up an end, isn't that? Well, uh, which is a a decent thing to do, absolutely. But um, you know the way that they're talking at the moment, they want weapons, and that's why you you know Moen obviously bowls wicket taking balls, but but quite a few bad balls. I guess Rian Ahmed would be a a, a similar, you know, being a leggy. Was Jack Leach a weapon? No, but he was a frontline spinner because he's he's batting ability, he's batting prowess. He was Mm. a frontline spinner. You're 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 getting a package with Moen. Yeah. Where if you he's a confident spinner, but you can you, you potentially get a hundred at number eight. So the package is what you're picking. And whether the Dawson package is well, what is he? Is he a is he a is he a number seven batsman, number eight batsman who who bowls, or is he a bowl front line bowler who bats? And maybe it's that. I'm not sure what the you know, the the answer to that is. That's possibly why he hasn't he hasn't played. He said he's not the front line spinner, so. If we're picking a frontline spinner, we're going with each. If we're going to pick a, if Moen Allen's available, we've got to pick Moen Allen because his package is just, it's far too good not to overlook. But in theory, if you are going down that route, you would think that Dawson would be the next cab off the rank. If you're looking at that role from a Moen Allen's point of view, rather than a Jack Leach's point of view, because if it's a Jack Leach's point of view, you're possibly looking at somebody, was it Young Hartley at, at, uh, mm. at Lancashire, who's, probably a proper spinner than a Liam Dawson who was a part-time spinner bits and pieces so I, I just sometimes the messaging of, of either the selectors or the captain the coach of what they want is possibly why Dawson's been overlooked on many times because what is he? Is he a frontline spin bowler that bats? Is he a batsman that bowls a bit? Is mm. he a second spinner? Is he, a, is he good enough for all that? And I think because of that 
it's probably why he hasn't played as many games. If, if you look at his overall record, actually, it's quite. I, mean, on, I think you're right. I think you're exactly right, Arnie. So he averages he averages thirty three point oh one with the bat, thirty three point oh three with the ball in first class cricket. Is it still worth either one or other? Is it it's sort of? I mean, he's. I think when he's batted at five for Hampshire, people said, "Oh, maybe he's one spot too high." And then you know he's literally got the same record with both. And we you know often talk about you know a gun all rounder being you know a slightly higher slightly higher batting average and bowling. In fact, they're basically they're basically identical. I mean, he's just a very good cricketer. As I say, well, I. I was going to say earlier that maybe England were worried about having some some spin the ball into all their left-handers, but actually the plan was always for Jack Leach to play. So obviously that's not an issue that they desperately care about. Yeah, you know, maybe he should be closer, but equally you wouldn't say Moan Ali's a downgrade or, or, or not an upgrade as well. You know, he's, you know, with he's closing in on 200 test wickets, isn't he? So they've got, they have options, I guess. I just find it odd that we're, we're six years on from his last test. And yet when he gets overlooked now, this is almost the time when people are saying poorly endorse him. And actually... You know, he's been a very solid cricketer for, for all of that time before and since. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. While we're on the topic of county championship, provide county the county championship providing England with cricketers. Not that the county championship provided Moeen Ali with England, an England cricketer. But what about fast bowlers then? What have we got there? Because okay, we know that the, the squad's been announced for the third test. We know it is as it was and is. But is there anybody bowling fast out there? Is there anybody well, that could be could well, be drafted not, in? Not, and there who's bowling who, the fastest? And, 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 there are, and the trouble is, the trouble is a lot. I mean, you know, this is a, you know, we're going over a very old ground, aren't we? England started, England started the cycle with a battery of fast bowlers they wanted to have ready for the series. Unfortunately, they just stopped fit. Josh Tung was not part of that cycle. When that cycle started, Josh Tung was midway through the 15 months absence for shoulder nerve injury. So Sakiba Mood started the summer, has suffered a, he's injured again, having come back from the summer, having missed the previous year with injury. Ollie Stone came back a couple of nights ago on um, in the blast, bowled three balls, picked up a knee injury. He's missing, and now Joffrey Arch is out the summer. Mark Wood's not been, been fit enough so far. Jamie Overton's playing especially as batter for Surrey. It's not like guys don't exist; they are there. We know they're there, but we also know why they're. We also know why they're not in that squad. The, the issue is they're not fit. Henry Brooks was by night on hour two, three years ago. He's had his, he's had several injuries. He's come, but he's come back. 
you know, did well on did well the brief Lonsfeld derby in the championship, is playing for Warwickshire, but you don't I don't think it's quite at the same pace. Uh, you know, unfortunately, the, the Nate, that is sort of where we are, isn't it? That the guys who are fast and you know deemed to be you know good enough, maybe you're in that squad. You know, Josh Josh Tung didn't come from nowhere. He was England's lead seamer, the best seamer on the Lions tour to Sri Lanka over the winter. Um, you know, we spoke, we mentioned off air about guys like Zach Chapel, who's who's got pace and not brought him in from uh, Leicestershire, wasn't it? Originally, as someone who could do that, and he's gone off to Derby. Basically, chose Derby because the pitch a bit quicker and. You know, he'd be an outside bet, but Josh Tung was an outside bet. How many outside bets do you want in your Ashes bowling attack? I mean, you know, they, they've you know they've got Chris Wokes in the squad. He's not played yet. They, he's not quick, but he's Chris Wokes. He's got an exceptional record in England and a very good record at Lords, which maybe made it slightly odd they didn't play there. But um, I don't really, I don't really know beyond that. You know, there are obviously guys who are quick, and they they genuinely are. But how many of them are you going to throw into an Ashes series at once? Like, yeah. Well, there's, there's uh, 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 half a dozen or ten uh, injured fast bowlers in England. Brian, right sorry, Brian Cast, another one who's playing as a batter at the moment. Yeah, Matt Potts obviously gone back to to just got he's not in the squad for this one, but as, as Harvey said before we, before we start recording, he's, Potts gets chucked into the fast bowlers chat because so many of the fast guys are injured. Potts and, is a and, very good scene bowler; he bowls mid eighties. Like that's and if you're a young fast bowler, you might well decide to play T Twenty cricket like Scrimshaw, you know, you know, with injury problems. Potts gets chucked into the fast bowlers category because he's faster than the bowlers that we mm. call fast. Yeah. You're talking terminology of Jimmy Anderson, Ollie Robinson and yeah. Stuart Broad is fast, then you know, we've got a lot of lot, lot of fast bowlers. I get me high horse a lot. George just mentioned we've got ten fast bowlers who are injured. So what's the mm. issue? Are our fast bowlers soft? Are our fast bowlers wrapped up in cotton wool by our medical departments who potentially some of them justify their jobs by trying to Look at green areas, brown areas, blue areas, pink areas, red areas, whatever areas that they talk about. That this bowler can't bowl. You'll kill me for saying it, but there's a bloke just standing five, well, he was five yards away from me and they're chucking down rain there a second ago. He played in my team, one of the best all-rounders that England have ever had. And we bowled overs. Andrew Flinter bowled overs. Matthew Hoggard bowled overs. You know, we bowled overs for the, for the simple fact that that's what your job was. Your job was to try and Justify being a fast bowler, you had to bowl, it hurts, and you have to keep playing. And by not playing, you run the risk of getting injured. So, and what I mean by this is we have so many, I think we have so many bowlers, which again comes back to the fact that I keep going on about being soft and being protective. You've got to bowl. You can't do anything other than bowl. If you want to choose a profession, which is fast bowling, I'm sorry, lads, it hurts. It hurts. And at the minute, we seem to bowl for a week, have a week off, bowl for a week, have a week off. And that week off, that is dangerous. You can't have too much time off. But the simple fact is your body softens. And then when you try and ask it to go to 90 mile an hour again, it breaks down. That's why we are all breaking down. We're doing Always something bowling. wrong, though. We, ha- we have to acknowledge as a game that we're doing we something wrong. We are doing wrong. something wrong. Yeah. And, and the fact is that young players come into the game with some pace and you could say... Well, I think uh, you mentioned Henry Brooks, didn't you? But you could say mm. George Garton or someone as well. And they seem to lose pace. And, and equally, there's this huge series going on, which we should have been building for. And yeah, we're looking around the counties and there isn't a lot of pace. And it really mattered in the test match. The difference between the pace of the attack really mattered. On a basic level, that Harmy is a, the expert on this. The harder you hit the pitch, the more you're going to get out of it. It's that simple, isn't it, Harmy? It is that simple. And unfortunately we're in at 80 mile an hour and they're picking and choosing which balls to hit 
they're hitting it at 90 mile an hour, which is ridiculously tough. And we're trying to hit everything. And that's the top and bottom of you know, the balance of war that's going on at this minute in time. But to go on from a fastball, I don't want to keep going back to my dear, my dear, my dear. But when you, when I was just talking about the team that I played in, there was, a, there was a group of about 10 who couldn't get in, who were all quick. You know, the likes of Silverwood, Tudor, Kirtley. There, there, was some, there was some good county bowlers who were fast bowlers who could, you know, we pushed, we, you know, me, Flintoff, Hoggard, Jones, pushed Caddick in golf. Well, there was always a, a conveyor belt of quick bowlers to come through. Now we've just got names because names are no good. We haven't got any personnel. We haven't got people out on the field. So in the ideal world, you go ahead and you go Tongue, Wood, a bit of Stokes, and for me, probably Broad because of the way he's bowled, if he's fit enough to go through the game with Mo and Ali because England have got to win. But are the medical team going to let Mark Wood play? Are the medical team going to go, oh, Josh Tung's had some injury problems. We're going to look after him. He has to sit this one out. We're 2-0 down in the Ashes. You've got to, we've got to do something to try and get the Ashes to stay alive in the Ashes. This is what I mean about, uh, Norma, about the ball. You've got to stop saying, well, the ball's gone soft because it doesn't go soft for other countries. Yeah, exactly. You, you know what I mean? There's, there's become a culture of moaning about the tools, I think. And, and, and obviously there'll be an element of truth in it. Balls do go soft, but the point is you've got to have the raw pace to deal with that bit mm. of the innings. The ball is meant to go soft after about 45, 50 overs. You get tested in different ways. Um, George, we, we, we're talking about Bremenar tools. We are talking about a test match which we've just lost because we had the better conditions. We were 188 for one after 37 overs when Nate Lyon walked out. But we feel sorry for ourselves because Johnny Bestow got run out. <laughs> I, we are very, very good at blaming other things. I profoundly agree with you. <laughs> okay. Can you profoundly agree with me that we need to just t- turn tack back to uh, the county right. championship because time is against us. George has got other obligations and uh, essentially, um, well, that's just what we have to do. That's what the show's about. Um, James Rue, another century for him. It's not often a team gets bundled out for under 200 and then wins by 399 runs as Somerset did. Um, but uh, he's a player that we've been uh, against Nottinghamshire. That, he's a player that we've been keeping an eye on uh, over the course of the season. And then in the Battle of the Basement, uh, Kent thumping North Ants by an innings and 15 runs. So uh, that brings us up to date with the County Championship Division 1 and Division 2 as draws all the way uh, with Sussex holding on uh, to draw against to Glamorgan. Who'd have thought it? Two teams that have played eight games each now, drawn seven of them. Uh, Yorkshire drawing with Gloucestershire and uh, Worcestershire drawing with Derbyshire and Durham drawing with Leicestershire. Draws as fast as you can go. Uh, can see. Let's have a quick look at the uh, the blast. Uh, Somerset romping to the top of uh, the south table. Uh, what has been your uh, your overriding thoughts on the blast, Nick, ahead of the quarterfinals? Overriding thought, I think, is that the and this, this shouldn't come as a surprise at the end of a fourteen game group stage that feels like it's gone on forever. Is that the best eight teams have got through in a couple of cases extremely easily? I think Somerset had the best group stage record ever mm. when they done this year, winning twelve out of fourteen. But likewise, you know that shouldn't be massively surprising when you look at their just when you look at their options at the top and the bottom, really, you know, from, from a top to a Banton and Smead to two overseas and Henry and Sodi as a as a leg just 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 sign up now. And and then, you know, Birmingham have won their group without Glenn Maxwell really getting out of first gear and losing Mo and Ali to England, which sort of shows how stacked they are. You know, Lanks have flattered to see for a lot of the group stage and you know, despite having Joss and Livingston and 
you know, Phil Salt on a side that really should be, you know, piling on the runs. You know, they've had to see, but still game seconds. Actually, the most interesting one, the Worcestershire, who had a really, you know, who, were, who obviously won the blast in 2018, beat Sussex to win that, then came the ball, came into the ball of defending it in the next year against Essex. And basically been pretty rubbish for the last three years. But, um, I don't know, JJ coach, Adam Richardson, plays Alex Gibman, um, or Kevin Sharp won it in 2018. But, but a lot of the same players, just guys who, um, they've recruited well overseas wise. And actually, domestically, Adam Hose is a very good signing for the blast, as is Cassie Bally, uh, via Saka. And then he got a bit of fortune because Michael Bracewell got injured while Santa was not yet with them. So they signed Asylum out of club cricket in, in Cardiff, I think it was, Colin Bay, possibly. Then Bracewell got injured, Santa arrived, and they actually ended up with two brickets been bowling around us anyway. And it's been really nice to see Pat Brown fit and going well. He's got 95 blast wickets at 24 years old, which is mental. And that's having had two really tough years with injuries. And they're through, and they're probably they're away at Hampshire, which is I think obviously a tough gig because they're the champions. But also, I don't know, I'd probably say that's the ground where you wouldn't mind playing with your Worcestershire because they've got a very similar-ish attack and a lot of spin, a lot of guys to take the pace off. Clever Smurbles from Pat Brown, guys like that. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, that'd be really interesting game, I think, that called final. And then... But, you know, and then as you, as you mentioned earlier, sorry, I've sort of fallen off a cliff, but they did start so well that that didn't really matter. But yes, um, a couple of teams fell off a cliff as well and, and it did matter. Durham started very well and fell away, ended up with, I think, two ties, I think I'm right in saying. And as a result, North Ants had Chris Lynn, yeah. David Willie, Andrew Ty, should have got further. But yeah, and then Kent were, Kent sort of won six throws to get themselves back in it, but then, then missed out on net run rate. So it's been interesting, but it's ended up, I think, with the best eight teams going through. A little bit of transfer news. Uh, India International going to be playing a little bit of uh, the Royal London One Day Cup along with a, a few juniors, George. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's a really You're interesting pretty sure. signing. I mean, it was um, uh, whether it's too late to say Northampton, I just don't know. But uh, it, it's a it's a bit of a coup, I think. That um, I don't know how many games they're going to get out of him. It, 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 um, he's got games to play in India first, so it depends how far they go in the Dulik Trophy, but. He averages something like 51 in first-class cricket. Now, how he'll adapt to English conditions, what English conditions will be like by that stage in a pretty dry summer, I don't know. But that is the sort of signing that could really help a team which I think has one batting bonus point this season, you know? So they've, they've highlighted what their problem is and they've brought in someone ideal to try and help them. Is it too late? I don't know. Let's see. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, uh, you keep dry. I'll see you in Leeds. Uh, George, uh, you will keep dry as well. I'll see you in Leeds. Nick, thanks in advance for uh, keeping you across all of the T20 action <laughs> for us here on uh, Following On County Cricketer. Your input, absolutely invaluable as ever. Uh, the weather forecast, actually, for the next weekend doesn't look particularly good. So uh, maybe that will get involved as well with the T20 stuff as well as the, uh, the test match. We shall see. But uh, thanks for listening. Um, if you're just joining us then please subscribe and download to Following On County Cricketer with myself John Norman George DeBell Nick Frame from The Cricketer and Steve Harmison you've been listening to Following On County Cricketer Even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50-80% to 80% less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 